the We Are Donation podcast reports and opinions are not those of UGA. This is not yet an official podcast of the University of Georgia. This is the We Are Dog Nation podcast. I'm your host, Nation, and that is short for Dog Nation. I am so, so excited today because today's date is April 4th, 2019, and this is to the day, the one-year anniversary of the We Are Dog Nation podcast. I cannot thank you enough. I thank you with all my heart for coming back and listening to me over and over again. Allow me to share my love for our Bulldogs and talk about our Bulldogs and thank you for your positive feedback. I just, just so, so grateful. And then on top of that, last week, I, they, I got some reports back from the, from the podcast and for the very first time, they showed me where everybody's listening from. Now, of course, I know about, you know, everybody listening right here in, in USA and a lot of people listening listen, listen in Georgia and stuff like that. But the Bulldog Nation is all over the globe. And come to find out, I got some listeners in Sweden, the United Kingdom, Canada, France, the Dominican Republic, and Mexico. Thank you. Thank you so much. I love you guys. Go dogs to you. It just goes to show you just how strong the Bulldog Nation is. And I'm just so, so, so grateful that you guys are tuning in the way you are. So, last time I got into why the nickname Nation, I got into uh, how I came up with the theme, We Are Dog Nation podcast, and we call it, call it that. I want to give you my history of why or how I became a Bulldog fan and, and a couple more fun moments in my life that I, I look over that's very, very near and dear to my heart. We're getting some evolution of Georgia football, what I thought was the turning point of UGA football, and, and a few other things coming up. So, but this is how I became a Bulldog fan. And if you, if you ask me, it's my story, I'm sticking to it. It was divine intervention from God himself. I was outside playing, it was 1986, I was seven years old, and I'm kind of dating myself here, but it's okay. And uh, I came inside real quick. Turned on the TV, and there I saw this team. Red helmets, red jersey, silver britches. I didn't know who it was at first. I know I didn't know anything about University of Georgia. All I knew, I watched the football team. They had one, and I came back the next week and watched them again, and I've been hooked ever since. I mean, it's amazing because no one taught me to say go dogs or anything like that, but rest is sure and believe. When I have my children someday, they'll be coming here, God will in the next few years, they will know all about UGA. And I'm gonna start them off, go dogs at a very, very early age. So that's that's how I came a, a dog fan. And then I remember uh, it was 1992 and I was 12 years old, and it was the hundred years of Georgia football coming on. And I remember Chuck Dowell came on TV or ABC, like, hey, join me this Sunday night and now at eight o'clock for a special 100 years of Georgia football and I was like I got to see that and I remember of course I remembered it and I told my mom hey I got to see this uh just took over the tv downstairs just just it, that nothing else gonna be shown that day at that time it, it was it was the Georgia football special and that's what the very first time of course during that time the internet wasn't out like that and and there was no uh 
YouTube and things like that, anything like that where you can watch highlights. And so that was the very first time I saw a lot of coverage, a lot of highlights on Herschel Walker and how he just ran through people. I was like, wow. That, it was just amazing to see him do what he did at that point in time. I saw a little, little stuff on past highlights during the games and stuff, but to see all that in-depth, you know, highlights they showed that day, and that was just amazing. They had, like, another special moment. Uh, one, of my, one of my very special moments, I was a sophomore in high school, and one of my, my teammates, he was playing, he was a quarterback, but they were, they were recruiting as a defensive back. And so... Georgia wanted him, and we all took a trip down to UGA one day, one Saturday on the like on a visit. Uh, there was you no know, entertaining him. And we were kind of just hanging out while they were entertaining him, and it just so happened it was like spring practice, and we got to see, we got to see the team practice for a while. Got a, got a chance to walk around the locker room and and touch the helmets and be down there. It was just so. So much fun, so many fond memories I have um, with this team here, and uh, that's just just priceless, just really, really priceless. So I kind of get a couple, a couple stories I share you guys from time to time, my history at UGA. But so coming up, so I want to talk about what I believe was the turning point of UGA football, and that was right after the 1979 season. Now, before then, Georgia had success, and, you know, they won a championship in 42 and and all the good stuff. But, like, the year before 1980, the Georgia Bulldogs went 6-5. And, and so, in come Herschel Walker, and it nights the college football land on fire, and nights UGA on fire, and 6-2, 225, running the 4 2 six, 40. A four two six forty at two twenty five. I mean, that's just remarkable what he did coming to college football. I mean, you cannot talk about you cannot you cannot have a Mount Rushmore of greatest college football players of all time without talking about Herschel Walker and what he did. I mean, we haven't seen anybody quite like him since, unless you were you know, talking about maybe maybe Bo Jackson, but. You know, on the football field, it, he was just how he carried that team and led that team to a national championship. And should have won the Heisman his very first year, but in a win in his junior year. But just how he changed everything. Like, prime example, because of Herschel Walker, we're known as running back university or RBU. Without Herschel Walker, there is no legendary running backs coming and flocking to Georgia. I mean, to this day, Herschel Walker coming to Georgia is still paying off. You know what? We, we know we would not have the Zamir Weiss, the DeAndre Swift, the Todd Gurley's, the Son Michelle, the Nick Chubbs, the Noshaw Marinos, the Jaffer Sanks, the Musa Smiths, the Tim Worley, the Garrison Hurst, the Rodney Hamptons, the Terrell Davises of the world coming to Georgia without that foundation of Herschel Walker coming to UGA. I mean, his impact was so strong. I mean, a lot of people know, of course, they won the national championship in 1980, but some may not may not realize that we also played for the national championship those two following years. So basically, UGA was in the national championship game three 
years in a row. He really put George on the map in a great and marvelous way. But the sad part about the greatest he was, one of the, the tragedies of him being so great to this day. And I don't understand this. And if anybody hears this, we have any type of power to put put a bug in anybody anybody's ear. It makes no sense whatsoever that Herschel Walker to this day does not have a statue at UGA. That is, that is, excuse me, excuse me, but that is blasphemy. Are you kidding me? Herschel Walker does not have a statue at UGA. That's that's just. That's just crazy to me. And it needs to be changed. And needs to be changed immediately. But his impact was so strong that unfortunately it kind of created, in my opinion, and I give you some uh, examples to kind of back that up. It kind of created a me culture. It created a superstar culture. And it seemed like Georgia for a very long time, really up until Curry Smart arrived. We tried to use just a few guys to carry the team. Or that one marquee player, that one or two players to say, you know, they're going to carry us because we got these guys. We're going to win it all. And that's just not realistic. And we, we was kind of stuck as a fan base and the culture for a while until Kirby came along. Really, to be honest with you, 1980. Because we, we, we still had songs singing about the good old days and we appreciate the good old days but it's time for a new day it's time for a new song and so I'm like it got to a point where you cannot have a big time running back coming in without trying to compare him to Herschel Walker and then it didn't help that we had Ray Golf as a coach he was horrible I mean Ray Golf made Mark Rick like Bill Belichick Ray Golf was just not it. Then Jim Donna came along and he was uh he got he got fired because he couldn't really take out the big four. And the big four was Auburn, Tennessee, Georgia Tech, and Florida at the time. And so then of course came along Mark Rick. And he you no, know, he's a good coach, great man, did some great things, but you know, it was time to move on after a while, after about 15 years. And so, oh, hey, it is what it is. But, like, like, like the culture that needed to be changed was, was there. I remember Randy Michael was on 92.9 The Game one time. And they was talking to him. And they said, you know, George had a lot of talent back in your day at UGA in, in the late 90s. You know, how come there's no SEC championships then? And he said, you know, what I, what I kind of felt, he said, you know, at that time, it was a lot of players about themselves. It wasn't about the team. And it hurt them. I remember a former quarterback from Tennessee saying on his radio program one day, he said, you know, we knew playing against Georgia that they were more talented than us, but we also knew they didn't know how to play as a team. So we exploited that. But, you know, those days are over. So, and I'm, and I'm glad about it. And I, I'm grateful for the pads because when the championship does come in, and they, they're coming because the dynasty, like I said before, the dynasty is coming. What's going to make it even more sweeter 
Is it after all this time we waited and waited and waited? And so we're gonna appreciate it more so going through what we went through. So come up next, we'll get into some of the great things that Kirby's doing, how he is really has turned the program around and where he took it in national and spring practice and huh. I guess I'll go ahead and talk about do the rest because we seem like we're on the pathway there uh, of just living and doing things really good here. But yeah, this 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 got to stop because these six arrests here in the past what, six weeks has kind of reminded a lot of people in the Bulldog Nation of the year of the Marik. I mean, it was like at one point in time, good Lord, at the beginning of the season, like every year we had two or three players suspended. I can tell a point even Steve Spurrier joked about it. Well, we got all depend on Georgia have a couple players suspended. I'm like, yo, we're not going back to that. It's a new era, it's a new time. And so I'm, I'm gonna touch on that coming up. Um, but don't go anywhere. So excited. Coming up next, part two of the one anniversary of the We Are Dog Nation podcast. I'll tell you guys, I, I'm just excited. Once again, thank you. And we are back with the one-year anniversary with the We Are Dog Nation podcast. And this bulldog right here is so excited to have Kirby Smart here at Georgia continue to change the culture, to see this man evolve more and more and more and more before our very eyes is so freaking exciting. Been waiting a long time. We've been waiting a long time for a coach like this, and it's finally here. First, he came in, t- changed the culture, get more discipline, because um, the team was kind of self-entitled, bringing in more greater competition, because you got great competition. You know, look, it's going to be hard to have the, the, the entitlement because you can lose you can lose your job at any time. And coming in here, putting up walls, well, invisible walls around the state of Georgia, to help keep the top talent in. Did a wonderful job in the class of 2017. But now Georgia's got even Georgia has got even bigger. It's, I mean, well than a national school, but even more national powerhouse because now we're grabbing the top players out of different states. We got we grabbed the top player out of Florida, the top player out of South Carolina, the top player out of North Carolina, the top two players out of Alabama, the top player out of Rhode Island. Now we're trying to grab the top player out of Maryland. It's just what he, how he's doing it with his staff is just so freaking amazing and exciting to see this thing unfold and just clean his stuff up. But unfortunately, well, clean the stuff up, you know, something's gonna happen here in the past six weeks that kind of remind you of the days of old under Mark Rick. I'm like, we had six arrests in six weeks. You know, it's like, okay, the first, you know, I think the first, the guy hit somebody or punched somebody or something. Then the next one, the guy had his prior license. Okay, so far, no big deal. You know, I'll get your license signed. You know, keep your hands to yourself. And then it's like, okay, not to be outdone. Here come Tyler Simmons and and uh, in coming freshman, Tyreek Stevenson. Y'all think y'all did something. Hold my beer. Watch y'all do this. They get to a bar fight. I'm like, come on, you gotta know your targets. You gotta know your targets. That's four rests. 
So, you know, hey, we got four rest. We got to calm this down. This is getting crazy. Relax. Kirby, take care of this in-house stuff. Uh-uh. No, no, no. Here come Robert Bill and Brenton Cox. Y'all think y'all did something? Hold my beer. Let's get arrested for weed. Come on. Come on. Stop. I love you guys, but stop. You got to realize you guys are an empire. You're a football player. You are an empire. Everything that you're doing is on the microscope. And so you do make it to league one day. They're going to get all your dumb decisions. It's illegal. Leave that stuff alone. Play ball. Go make your millions of dollars. Don't mess your stuff up, man. And so I'm, I'm still rooting for those guys, wishing the best for those guys. I really think uh, Kirby's going to get that taken care of. I'm like, man, do y'all not know where you at? Like, this is not the era of Mark Rick. I'm not trying to down him, but in the era of Mark Rick, you had your first-string players. They were really good. They get suspended, you know, lose, suspended for a game, two games, come back, get his starting job back, and keep on playing. Yeah, that's not guaranteed under Kirby Smart because it's so many great, talented players. I mean, you literally have, at certain positions, five stars that are backups. That's not happening on the coverage up on the uh, Mark Rick when you got five star backups. You literally have five star backups in certain positions up on the coverage mark because the competition is so thick. Like, do you not know where you at? Matter of fact, I give I give you two I got two words for you that that you that can you can relate to while, by not messing up. Isaiah Crowell, Isaiah Crowell in the 2011 class was the number one ranked running back in the country. And you know we need Isaiah. Come on, Isaiah, come to come to Georgia. He picked Georgia, Alabama. We got so excited. Got big time tailback. You know, maybe help lead us to some great games and maybe a national championship. All the good stuff. And Isaiah showed up out of shape. Had a decent year. Worked for like 850 yards or whatever. But then he got busted with uh, had a gun. I think the serial number scratched off something like that. Got put out of school. The next following year, in comes Todd Gurley. And everybody totally forgets about Isaiah Crowell. Isaiah Crowell who? I mean, you ain't gonna you ain't gonna look back that far. Hello, 2017. Jacob Easton sprains his ankle. Jake Fromm take over. Where's Jacob Easton now? Washington. See you, see you, Jacob. Jake got it. Look, you don't want to get suspended. And it's damn time on the Kirby Smart. Because you it's no guarantee to get your job back. When somebody go out there and ball out in them two games, uh, where you going, son? Sit down. You, you're, you're on the bench now. I mean, you they just brought in Nolan Smith and Jermaine Johnson. Jermaine Johnson, number one Juco outside linebacker uh, in the country at the Juco position. And number one, number one player in the country, Nolan Smith. Those two guys are already making a lot of noise. And y'all two linebackers that play outside linebackers, and y'all gonna y'all gonna do something stupid? Oh my goodness! But you know what? I really believe they'll get together. I'm rooting for those guys. But I gotta tell you, when I heard Kirby Smart do that press conference, I was like, uh-oh. Kirby Smart says something made me kind of laugh, and got me kind of nervous for them players. He said, "Now, mind you, Kirby Smart is hard on discipline." He is a disciplinarian. He does, he does not play. On one of those uh, first first episodes I did of the podcast, I was telling telling you guys about how 
Uh, this is going into the 2017 season. Javon Weems uh, scores a touchdown in practice, another backflip. Kirby loses it, throws his headboard, his clipboard down, and screams at Javon Weems, get in the corner of the end zone, have him in the corner of the end zone on the stadium steps, running stadium steps for an hour and a half. He does not play with a kind of discipline because he realized undisciplined um, football players cost us games. And so Kirby gets up there on that podium and says, obviously, I have done done a poor job of getting my message across on doing the right thing here at the University of Georgia. I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, uh-oh, I would be nervous. I would be nervous because he said that. It kind of reminds me of one of my favorite TV shows. It's called That 70s Show. And those of you guys who are not uh, familiar with it, That 70s Show, um, one of the characters' name is uh, Red Foreman. And he's a dad. He got a son named Eric. And so Eric and his friend Hyde had got caught smoking weed. Ironically, they had to tie it into this. And so his dad says something. I'm going to play this clip, and I thought it was so kind of how Curry Smart Mindset is going to be right now. So here it is. Let me play this for you guys real quick. Okay, now, you're both smart boys. What were you thinking? Well, I, I'm not. I, oh, oh, um, the problem was that uh, we weren't thinking. We weren't thinking. <laughs> and, you know, with the times, the, yeah, the times are getting like, yeah. And, um, my god um that that's that's got to be his mindset of, oh my goodness he he i'm almost i'm almost i'm almost feeling nervous for them play what they got to go through this is going this is going to be something because i'll tell you what whatever it is this might be the last you heard of troubles from an athlete at uga on the football team and quite some time because I think Kirby is about to get his point across. You do not want somebody who's known for cracking down to feel like they haven't done a good job, so now they got to crack down. It's just, woo! Hey, better them than me. So, <laughs> but I wish them all the best and I uh, hope they bounce back from this and do well because I think they're very talented players and they help this team out. We, we need everybody on board to win this national championship. And so, that's that's that. Anyway, 
Get ready to do another podcast here coming up either on G Day or right after G Day. I will be down in Athens, Georgia. God willing, with breath of my body and activity of my limbs, I will be in Athens, Georgia on April 20th. As a matter of fact, I'm going to spend the night down there. Just kind of, you know, get away and, and just get down there and in that fear and soaking on up. But man, I got to thank us. You know, spring, you know, springtime and the G Day game. I said, you know what? What would be? I missed one spring game since 2007. And I got to think about how, you know, my very first spring game, I went down there, me and my friend Jared, and that's when I got the opportunity, it's the very first time, to meet Mike Big Dog Woods. And those of you who do not know who Mike Big Dog Woods is, he was a gentleman who went to Georgia games for years. He would paint his head, and he passed away a couple years ago, but he would paint his head uh, before each game. And with so many fond memories seeing him on TV, when they cut away from the TV or going coming back from TV, you see him barking, you see him cheering, and you see him pointing that bald head of his that's painted with the Georgia Bulldog logo. I mean, his, this guy was so well loved. The players loved him, the coaches loved him. Matter of fact, if you haven't already, go on YouTube, type in Mike, Mike Big Dog Woods, and you will see this special they did on him inside Sanford Stadium for like 10 minutes. You, you got to be really special of a fan and really important to the University of Georgia for them to allow you into your stadium by yourself to do a special on you. And like everybody admired him. And when I got a chance to meet him that time for the first time in 2007, man, I was like a kid in a candy store. Like, oh my God, that's a dude be on TV. And he kind of saw me, you know, sitting back and telling Jared, you know, hey man, that's, that's the guy. And he said, hey, come on over, come get a picture with me. I was like, wow, this is so, this is so freaking awesome. I mean, you like, you got, he like, he was like Georgia third mascot. It was, there's, there's Ugger, there's Harry, and then there was Mike Big Dog Woods. And now his son is carrying on the tradition, man. It was such great memories uh, at that first spring game. So it's just always special to get down there. I can't wait to get down there. And I had a thought, you guys. I'm going to post this on uh, my Facebook page. I'm going to post this on Twitter. Here's what I think would be very, very cool, very, very special for a spring game. Now, the spring game on April 20th starts at 2 o'clock. What about if we started a spring game at 7.30 at night and just to pack it out, 97,000 fans, and encourage everybody to stay to the beginning of the, at least to the beginning of the fourth quarter and light up the stadium. That would have a major impact on recruits. Because when I went down there uh, to the Vanderbilt game, the night game, it was something special. But I think a night game, a G-Day night game, and lighting up the stadium with the cell phone lights, man, that would be something so special. So if I get a chance to talk to Curry Smart during, during uh, SEC media days, I'm definitely going to bring that up as I get my picture with him. So, But anyway, that's it for this podcast. I appreciate you so, so very much. Uh, once again, all you guys from around the globe listening to this podcast, thank you. Uh, if this is your very first time, Thank you for coming. Thank you for listening. Please come back. Listen to some old episodes. All that good stuff. Subscribe to the channel. If you haven't already, you can follow me at We Are Dog Nation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
I, I, I just really appreciate you guys so much. Y'all made this year here. Uh, being a Georgia Bulldog fan here, doing this podcast, you made this one-year anniversary so special, so, so very fun. I really, really appreciate it. Can't wait to do next year's episode. But I will be, like I said, we'll be doing a podcast here come over the 20th. So, like I always say, have a great Bulldog day, a great Bulldog week, a great Bulldog month. God bless you, you and your family. And once again, thank you from the bottom of my heart. God bless you all. Talk to you next time. I'm out.